Welcome to the Investment Cuddle. I'm Gary, and on today's episode, we are going to look at our second defense sector podcast, looking at defense funds rather than individual stocks. We talked last time about the difference between companies and contractors within the defense sector. This time, we're going to look at funds. So, how do you pick individual stocks that are going to do well in this current environment and maybe over the long term as well. Well, actually, perhaps the better part of valor for individual investors is to look at getting a fund manager to do that for us and see which funds have a good selection of stocks, you know, not too few, not too many, not too high fees and have some track record of decent performance, short, medium, or long-term, all would be nice. (laughs) I don't always tend to get that uh, necessarily all in one go, but we'll have a look at that today. So on the last podcast, we looked at our top five companies, and then we looked through what are the top five or the top five largest defense contractors by market capitalization. So we had companies in there like Honeywell, Raytheon Technologies, Lockheed Martin, Safran, Northrop, Grumman. And in our top five companies, we also included Boeing, BAE Systems. So there was quite a few options there in terms of companies that are either working on the defense sector quite heavily or are balanced between civil and defense sectors. So you get a bit of balance there in, in how they're operating. So we set ourselves a question of trying to identify the best, in inverted commas, defense funds, investment trusts, and ETFs. So when considering those funds, we looked at what was the best performing over the last 10 years, for example. Who's got growing dividends? Have we got low fees associated with the fund? And look at the best options around let's say our top five assuming there are five good funds out there good being uh, a relative term we know so our first offering here that we uh, came across was a fund that was created in 1984 fidelity select defense and aerospace fund this is a mid-cap value fund aiming for maximum capital appreciation. So let's just see what we know about this fund. So the ticker for this is FSDAX. As again, that's Fidelity Select Defense and Aerospace Portfolio. So the holdings for this fund, and you'll not be surprised to hear, Boeing. Boeing Company is a top holding. Lockheed Martin's number two, Raytheon Technologies Corp, RTX is number three, Howmet Aerospace Inc. So anybody that knows much about aerospace, Howmet are a component manufacturer for a few well-known aerospace engine manufacturers. So that's the top four. Transdigium Group Inc. is at number five. Northrop Grumman's in there at number six. So that ranges from about 18% holding in Boeing 
just under 15% of Lockheed, Raytheon's about 12%, and then the rest are about 5% in that kind of top five, top six there. So jurisdiction, not surprisingly, 90, pretty much 97% in the United States, a little bit in Europe, and a little bit in Asia. So as we said, it's the US, France, Israel, interestingly enough, given our current circumstance so very focused on the us obviously very focused on us dollar a little bit in euros so in terms of fees for this fund the fees are 0.75 percent so in the region of being considered low for a, a fund of this type but as much as it's important to look at Fees, how is this done over recent times? Well, year-to-date, and we love a year-to-date figure because people get paid on the year-to-date returns. So they're down 1.33% year-to-date. Not that surprising given the fact the year's been quite challenging. But as we said already, there's certain companies that have been up and have done reasonably well. But on this fund, when you... Benchmark it against S&P 500, the MSCI, Aerospace and Defence Index, and the industrial sector. Actually, this has performed, underperformed all of those, certainly over the last 10 years. So if you put your money in the S&P 500 or MSCI Aerospace Index, you would have made more money you could argue at the moment it's slightly better than the industrials index, but it's so close, near as damn it doesn't make any difference. So I guess the question with any of these funds is how will they do over the longer term, given how they've done over that 10-year period and year to date. So look at another option we've got here is the iShares US Aerospace and Defense ETF. That's a fund that was launched in 2006. It's, again, an equity fund. It's about a $5 billion fund at the moment. This is an ETF rather than an OIC. But currently the charges on that fund are 0.4%, so a little bit lower than the Fidelity fund. But again, these guys at iShares... They're looking at the U.S. aerospace and defense sector, tracking the index related to those U.S. equities in that sector. So this fund's got 33 holdings. So top of the list for holdings here are RTX Corp, followed by Boeing, and the weighting on those fairly similar, both about 17%. Number three is Lockheed Martin. Northrop Grumman is... At number four, down to about 5% there. General Dynamics Corp is at 5% as well. We go slightly further down the list, and you've got Helmet in the list as well, similar to the Fidelity Fund and Transdigim Group, Inc. So if we look at performance-wise, we said the management fee is a little bit lower, but in performance, year-to-date is 1.36%. Percent, but 1.4% negative. So 
not too dissimilar to the Fidelity Fund in terms of performance year to date. But we're not really interested in year to date. We're interested in how is it going to do? Well, again, we don't have our crystal ball, but we can certainly look to see if there's any evidence to suggest that this will perform over the long term. So the benchmark in this case that they've used is different to Fidelity, which is not always too surprising. These funds use different baselines or different benchmarks, which is always difficult to rationalize. But the Dow Jones US Select Aerospace and Defense Index is the benchmark. So that benchmark has outperformed this fund over 10 years over five years, over three years, and over the last 12 months. So interesting how these funds, when we've been looking for funds that are outperforming the index in this sector, they're not outperforming the index. And it's interesting because the iShares fund here, ITA, is 33 stocks. So that's a relatively compact portfolio you know if you're doing it yourself you don't want any more than three to five percent in any stock that's what these guys are focusing on really to some degree but it is 30 percent across two stocks which in fact it's 30 almost 33 percent over two stocks which is rtx corp and boeing boeing we know has had a torrid time so that's a large holding and it's not desperately surprising that when you look at the first two funds that we've looked at, they have underperformed their index because Boeing has probably been the key element in terms of dragging that performance down. So our second ETF that we're going to look at is an SPDR, S&P Aerospace and Defense ETF. Ticker on that is XAR. So this is a $1.5 billion market cap fun so similar in size to fidelity expense ratio or the fees on this fund are about 0.35 percent so again lower than the fidelity fund and also the iShares fund as well but this is looking at defense and aerospace segments of the s&p or the standard and poor index if you know it better that way so this fund was launched in 2011. So as we said about SPDR, that's State Street Global Aviators Fund Management, Inc. So they've got 32 holdings, so just one less than the iShares fund that we talked about. So the holdings on this fund, Northrop Grumman is number one for nearly 5%. General Dynamics Corp, similarly... BWX Technologies, L3 Harris Technologies Inc. and Huntington Ingalls Industry is closing out the top five. Lockheed Martin's in there, slightly further down the list. So no Boeing in that top ten that we can see there, which is interesting. So has that influenced its performance? So performance-wise year to date which i don't like as a metric but we'll, we'll, we'll look at it anyway as we've looked at the others 
So the fund itself is up just over 2%. Its benchmark, interestingly, is just slightly over that figure. And if you look over the 10-year time frame, its benchmark is basically the aerospace and defense S&P index. And over that 10-year period, it has underperformed just slightly that benchmark index. But interestingly, it has outperformed the other two funds over that period. And so our final ETF in this space, we'll look at the Invesco Aerospace and Defence ETF. Ticker on that is PPA. So what do we know about the Invesco Aerospace and Defence ETF? So we know this fund has 54 holdings and it has fees of 0.58%. So that's a little bit higher than the other two ETFs, but lower than the Fidelity Fund. So kind of ETFs are supposed to be cheap, certainly cheaper than uh, standard funds, which is this is kind of just in that territory. Slightly cheaper, but not very much. So this fund's really aiming at looking at a mixture of large cap, mid cap, and some small cap companies. So holdings on this fund. First top, top holding is Northrop. Grumman Corp and almost 7%. Lockheed Martin is at number two with 6.5%. RTX Corp just over 6%. Boeing comes in at number four with just over 5%. I see almost 6% there. And then General Electric at number five with 5%. They hold General Dynamics Corp, Honeywell International, Transdigium Group. This is also popular across the other funds as well. So similar holdings there to some of the other funds there, but slightly more diverse in terms of percentage of the portfolio. So what do we know? We know year to date. So the benchmark here is the Spade Defense Index. That's up 2.7%. The fund itself is up 23 So positive for the year but not beating its index so that's pretty common across these funds that we've looked at relative to their index so over the 10-year period that spade index was up almost 13 percent the fund just slightly below that so again it's not beaten the index over that 10-year period but it has done better over that 10-year period than any of the other funds that we've looked at thus far. So I think when you look at those defence, or the defence fund in Fidelity and then the ETFs between those three three ETFs that we looked at, they're all performing, I would say, not very well over a 10-year period, not the sort of growth I would be looking for in a portfolio or to add to a portfolio. And you'd be better off sitting with the index. So that just suggests that the sector's been a challenge over the last 10 years. So the question there is, is there anything else that might do better that will outperform the index over the coming 10 years? That's really difficult to know. But the previous 10 years, defence funding was on the decline. 
looks like defence funding is on the up. So therefore, you may conclude that these companies may do better. But are these funds really going to outperform the index when you're holding similar companies? They're only going to outperform the index if you're doing something different to the index. So just kind of out of left field is an investment trust. And as you know, on this show, we like investment trusts. There isn't a defense-specific investment trust. But what we wanted to look at was City of London. Now, this is an investment trust that mainly invests in British stocks, so the FTSE 100 index, which for many people might be a red flag in the first instance because the, the UK stock market's not done very well. But let's just look at that investment trust in terms of what it's been doing performance-wise. So City of London Investment Trust. Now, this investment trust has been around a little while. As we said, predominantly invests in UK stocks. Its total assets about £2 billion. So somewhere in the region of some of the funds that we've looked at already today that are between what a five five billion and one one and a half billion dollars on the UK FTSE All Share Index. The ongoing charge with this fund is 0.37%, which is in the region of the ETFs that we've looked at and the other funds, which normally investment trusts you would find a higher ongoing charge, but City of London seems to have a relatively low ongoing charge or fee. They pay about a 5% dividend at the moment and have done that for 56 years in a row, which according to the Association of Investment Companies, the AIC, makes them an investment hero because that is not only paying it for 56 years, but also growing it over that period as well. So you could look at, in this case, dividends reinvested. So yeah, 56 years and offering a reasonably high yield, but we don't chase dividends, do we? Do we? No, we don't chase just the dividend. We need to look at the company finances overall. So the reason we've picked City of London is because it's when you look at its holdings, its holdings are, as we said, a mixture of UK companies. So Shell is their top holding with 4%, just over 4%. Unilever, just under 4%. BAE Systems. So we talked about this on the first, part, first podcast, which is a relatively small compared to some of the other American defense companies or defense contractors. BAE Systems is a UK defense company. But if you want to be holding defense companies in with other companies that you're happy to hold. So we're, we've also got BP in here. So you've got Shell BP. That's obviously all in, all in uh, gas, British American Tobacco, AstraZeneca, Diageo. So you've got pharmaceuticals. You've got consumer discretionary. You've got defense. You've also got HSBC in there. There's a real range of companies, but that top five of Shell, Unilever, BAE Systems, which is the defense 
company, HSBC, British American Tobacco, you sort of look at that and go, that's a more, much more diverse portfolio, you could argue, and isn't purely a defensive play, but would allow you to at least hold some defense in there. And so then you turn around and say, well, if I'm diversifying away from defense, but holding some defense year to date, well, where would that have got me? Well, year to date, it wouldn't have got you very far because it's very, very similar performance, a couple of percent up for the year. And that's kind of where the other funds are as well. So no prizes there. But when you look at the 10-year performance, the 10-year performance is seven times better than any of the other funds we've talked about that are purely defense and aerospace specific. So this again goes back to the principle of what am I trying to do? Am I trying to provide a def- a, def- a defense or a sector specific portfolio maybe but at the moment that looks really difficult and if you think defense is going to go off to the races then you probably do want to be looking at a fund that's specifically around the defense sector for me i'm fine picking up some of the defense sector within a broader fund a broader fund that's clearly outperforming the sector specific ones and so i think we are quite biased around investment trusts and what they bring in terms of that close-ended fund with growing dividends and a diversified portfolio. But it's clear in this instance that if you just look for a fund that is holding some of those companies, and if you want to go specific to the US, look for a fund that's picking up some of those defense companies in the mix of some, some others. Because I think it looks like certainly historically the performance would have been better. And going forward, I wouldn't want to bet too heavily on the defense sector running off into the distance and outperforming technology, consumer discretionary, or any of these other sectors where you turn around and say, well, actually, are they going to do better? I think it's quite topical at the moment with where things are, but I think buyer beware be careful of what we wish for in this instance and whilst there may be some of these companies that perform well maybe we want them as part of a broader portfolio so again i hope that's useful we will put the links into the show notes for those funds that we've looked at today i think we've clearly got a winner in terms of performance over 10 years unfortunately it's not a defense stock a defense fund but it's just interesting to bring other things into the mix to get some perspective when you are trying to narrow it down to a specific sector fund and longer term performance. So as we said, we'll put those links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. If you would be kind enough to rate or review the podcast, that would be fantastic. It does help others find the podcast as well. And we'll see you next time. This program has been presented for information and educational purposes only. None of the information or content of the program is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the program's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities, nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.